up, everybody? This is the Console Crusade Podcast. Here we talk video game news, retro games, and sometimes Reggie Fizeme's horrifying, unblinking visage. My name is EJ Olson, and joining me today to talk Nintendo Switch is my man Nick Durheim. What's up, dude? He really doesn't blink very much, does he? Dude, he scares the shit out of me. <laughs> he can command a stage, but oh man, he commands a little bit too much. He's Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kong. <laughs> What's... Have you seen the size of his hands? He's got like baseball mitts. Uh, I went to a funeral one time and I had to meet a bunch of really old people, which is like what happens at funerals, right? I met this man named Willard. <laughs> okay, I swear to God, his hands were like 16 inches from like wrist to end of middle finger. Like, I mean, he had the most unnatural hands. He went to shake my hand and he had, he had a very deep voice. He said, hi, I'm Willard. And I'm like, oh my God. I, and it's like, if you're listening and you don't know me, I am 6'3", 250 pounds. I am not small. This man took my entire hand like I was a fucking poly pocket, dude. <laughs> Okay, deep cut there. I don't know what a Polly Pocket is. <laughs> you don't know what a fucking Polly Pocket is? And second off, this whole story sounds like it's actually a limerick, and I don't believe you for a moment. I promise you, dude. You can ask the, my, my lady about it. I once it. met a man at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're talking Nintendo Switch today. Obviously, we just had this giant, uh, I don't want to say abortion of a press conference, because that would probably be doing it a disservice, but it wasn't good, was it? I mean, it's about as much as I expected from Nintendo, to be perfectly honest. I don't, a lot of people, you know, oh, such a bad press conference, but the parts that they did, like the pre-recorded videos, I thought those were cute. thought it was fine. People's expectations played a huge part into what we, or how we feel about it. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Maybe Tim Geddes. He said, we needed a Nintendo Direct, not an E3 press conference, because it was really awkward. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know why they did a live thing. Yeah, the, the timing of it and the and the the format, it just it was like it seemed really out of twa- touch, which out of touch is twatch. Out of twatch. Out of twatch. Nintendo out of twatch. Uh this is going to be a running theme as we speak today is is Nintendo kind of out of touch, man. Uh, I think what we learned in the press conference was was great for the most part, but just the whole hour was an hour and 10 minutes. I mean, luckily I was busy, distracted doing other things and just kind of had this on next to me. So I can't imagine what I would have felt like if I were just sitting here intently staring at the screen for an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, a lot of it felt like Nintendo meaning well, but not sticking the landing. Very Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't know how anyone could have their expectations like super high. I don't know why you would ever imagine Nintendo to do something not Nintendo. Well, all their messaging up until this point has been, we know we messed up with the Wii U. We know we messed up with the Wii U. We know we messed up. Like, we, we, we are making amends. They said all the right things over the last 12 months, right? But here we are, like, you know, fool me once, shame on you, man. But fool me 900 times, Nintendo. What am I still doing here? I just think it's, it's really easy for people's expectations to run wild when there's no information. And there hasn't been a lot of information. We had that little trailer thing in November, and that was it. People have talked about that's going to be one of the biggest factors that could really hurt Nintendo. They're not saying anything about this. We had a year or more to speculate. Some of the stuff people concocted was pretty batshit insane. Like when you talked about the Wii U press conference on the last pod, you know, it's all about the controller, the controller, the controller. And no one knew they were even talking about a console. Yeah, I think they pretty much stuck that as far as messaging what their goal is with this system. They really hammered home like, yeah, it's a handheld, it's a console. You can play it the three different ways. They had three different setups at their 
uh, events where you could play it in like a mock airplane or you could play it in front of a TV or you could play it on just the the console itself. So I thought they, they did that justice. We're not going to sit here and break down the conference because you guys saw all saw the conference and by now, what is it, the 15th, there have been 900,000 breakdown videos. Uh, and then we had the Nintendo New York event and the Nintendo Japan and then they had one in Europe and we've all seen the footage. We, we've all seen the breakdown. We don't need that. We're just going to kind of go through some of the things that we think are notable and just wax poetic. What's up with the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> that was the worst Jay Seinfeld I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and I watched the B-movie last weekend. Oh my, dude, you were always talking about the B-movie. It's, it's, what's up? Last time we hung out, we were on Netflix and I was like, what? It was like three in the morning and we were going to Netflix and chill and we're like, what should we put on? And he said, I want to get in the mood. B movies on Netflix. Oh my it's a romantic, God. romantic film about a bee who falls in love with a woman. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Come on. You were going to pollinate me. So it was inappropriate. Oh yeah. I was going to spread your flower open. All boy. Right. <laughs> the Council Crusade <laughs> podcast. The creepiest hosts. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on here. Anyway, the Joy-Con, <laughs> dude. There's a lot here on the hardware on the hardware list. Obviously, we had all these like the leaks, the patent leaks, uh, several of them actually going back months and months and months ago. But so much of the speculation about the Switch turned out to be right. I was really surprised whenever I heard someone talking about like motion controls. I thought you know they're kind of blowing it out of proportion. It's probably just gonna be gyroscope like the 3DS with the Wii U gamepad. But then they came out and they showed one two switch, which is literally just a Wii game. That's what we said on, the, on when we did our first pod talking switch. We said, ah, there's there's no way we're getting Wiimote kind of controls, right? Like there's no way. So that came out that was totally out of left field for me. So this is for our boy Max here. We're gonna talk about the Joy-Con controllers first. I think that probably the technology in these Joy-Cons is is actually gonna be really innovative and they're gonna be able to do quite a bit with the technology in there, not just the HD rumble, but like the motion controls are seemingly much more accurate than anything the Wii was able to do. Because the Wii was just, you just had the IR sensor and it didn't detect, you know, specific accurate motion. It just knew that you were moving. The first iteration was a little bit more um, bare bones, but I think they uh, even made leaps with the motion control plus. But this seems like it's a little bit more accurate. I think the main problem, given the announcement, is the fact that they showed off all this technology and then said, but to use any of this, you have to buy a $60 game. Like, what, what were they thinking with that? If you're talking about one two switch, that's actually a fifty dollar game. Oh, spare me! You're being pedantic right now. It's way too much money, way too much money for a game that should just be a pack and throwaway title. One two switch. No one's no one's buying that. You're going off the rails, man. I just want to talk about the Joy Cons. I know. I'm I'm irritated, man. I'm frustrated. Yeah, I do want to demo that game though. That seems like a a cool showcase of the HD Rumble and the motion controls. The HD Rumble really was what surprised me the most. I thought. When I first heard about that, it's like, oh, that's kind of like a kitschy, gimmicky type thing. But then the more I saw people like react to it and how they felt about it, it made me want to like try it hands on because that seems like a really cool thing. The haptic feedback and the amount of uh, sensitivity that the the rumble actually has, I think that's a a really cool innovation. It's not going to change the landscape of gaming or change the way developers are making games. It's just a quality of life thing where it allow you to kind of experience some of these more visceral moments and immerse yourself. I know the Wii is what everyone talks about as being quote-unquote innovative, but it was a little too early despite how many consoles they sold. We weren't quite ready for that technology. And Sony and Microsoft were not able to push it along any further with the, the move or the connect. So this is what they envisioned when they did the Wii, right? I'm excited to kind of see how, how this will translate into our games going forward. And also with all the uh, the different VR headsets and how that's sort of shaping out to be 
kind of like a breaking edge, you know, new way to play that I wonder how much of the HD Rumble technology we'll be seeing in the, in the coming year or so with the Vive and the Oculus, if they're going to try and ape that. I'll have to link you a video that I was watching that was actually demoing the company that Nintendo worked with. And it was really cool the way the guy was demoing it. He was showing like the way the Rumble in it can accurately emulate the feeling you get when you're like pushing down on a stream of water and it actually feels like it's resisting to like just give you that extra level of like interactivity. And I thought it was really interesting. He's like, yeah, you could emulate like you moving, he was moving the rumble pack and he was moving it across the surface. He's like, this feels like pebbles. And then he's moving across another one. Oh, this feels like larger stones. Thinking about that and implementing it within games, especially like driving games, being able to drive over different surfaces. And it feels like, oh, this feels like I'm driving over grass. Or this feels like I'm driving over smooth road, or this is like off road, especially in VR scape. That means that's, that feels like something that would be leaps and bounds ahead of what's there right now, especially since you can interact and move your hands around in VR scape. But if you're not feeling that resistance, then that's like a huge aspect that you're missing. I think it will be a nice addition, especially if Nintendo decides to go down the VR path. But as soon as this is released and Sony and Microsoft get their hands on it, yeah, you know that they're going to be developing something similar. Uh, I'm curious to see that video you're talking about, though, and learn more about the company that developed this technology. By all accounts, every configuration of the Joy-Con is comfortable enough. It's ergonomic enough. Of course, we haven't gotten our hands on it yet. I'm curious. The little dog controller still looks terrible. I've heard that that controller is surprisingly comfortable, even compared to the, the Pro Controller. I was hearing really good things about that, just the, the form factor. And Joy-Cons themselves are fairly thin, so bulking it up with that grip, I feel like that would be a, a good layout. See, the, uh, the grip. I don't know why you said grip. I'm triggered right now. Ugh, the grip. We're going to get to peripherals in a little bit here, but the fact that the grip that comes with the damn console does not allow you to charge the Joy-Cons. Like, how cheap can you be, Nintendo? Frustrating. Uh, but going down through my list here, which I always mention my list when we're doing podcasts. I, when I was editing the last two, I, after e every segue, I'm like, hmm, looking at my list here. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? I'm looking at my list right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we know the screen, 720p capacitive touch panel. We talked about on the last podcast how that could be kind of an issue for some developers who want to implement touch uh, controls, but aren't able to do it because half the time this will be docked and on your TV and you won't have access to those controls. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, there's a way to get around that if you use the Joy-Cons, whether it's the motion controls, but it's just one more hurdle developers have to jump over. Do you think we're going to be seeing any touch integration or is it all just going to be UI? I think it's going to be only UI. I haven't seen any games listed so far that use touch at all. Even just operating menus the, in the handheld mode, didn't see anything that interacted with the touch. As we get further and further down the development cycle in the next year or two, our game is going to be coming out. Will be specific to handheld only mode, and it will be marketed as such. That's I mean that's probably not a very wise decision for developer or for Nintendo splitting up your your user base like that. I think if anything like that happens, it's just going to be a port of like a phone game. Ugh, dude, I, that's one thing we we didn't touch on last time is. Do you think we're going to be getting random titles from iOS or Android being ported over to the Switch because it's a, a tablet? I can see that, especially since there are games that are made in Unity and Unreal that are on uh, iPhone and Android. I think that you're going to see some games be ported over and hopefully with uh, real controls being used. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's just like another type of title that you can buy on the, on the system itself. We're going to get Angry Birds... Part 19. Oh, yeah, probably. All right. Uh, a couple of things that I did want to address. 
Obviously, we know it has the USB Type-C, so we're going to get fast charging. Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, I'm curious, though, how this is going to work with an external battery pack. And maybe I'm in the minority here, uh, you know, someone who wants to go get a really large external battery so that when I'm on the go and I've got this thing propped up on a kickstand and I'm playing with four or eight people or whatever... Is how I mean, how is that going to work? Am I going to need to buy a proprietary battery pack? What what specs am I looking for in a external battery that'll allow me to actually charge the switch? Well, I mean, not only do you need a battery pack that has a high enough discharge rate, you're also going to have to have a specialty stand because the USB Type C slot is flush with the bottom of the console, so you're not going to be able to run it in kickstand mode and have a USB sticking out of the bottom of it. That's that's so just frustrating to me. I understand that you need the USB C on the bottom like that to dock the thing, but it seems like a design oversight that they couldn't implement it in a way. Even adding another port, how cheap would that have been to even add a, a port on the top so that when you're in kickstand mode, you have the ability to charge it? Because if this thing is what, two and a half to six hour battery life, realistically, I'm running four plus controllers on one device and I'm playing Mario Kart 8 with my friends, two and a half hours is not going to cut it. And if I can't prop it up and plug it in, that defeats, I think, the whole point of their messaging where they're all about doing the co-op experience again, taking this with you and, and playing with your friends. I can't do that if the battery's going to die on me in two hours. It's also probably like a narrow enough use case that that's not really a big problem. Like I've never been playing my 3DS and wished that I had a an external battery pack. You know, like if I want to charge it, then I'm close enough to an outlet to charge it. And if I'm not, then oh well, I'm just not playing it right then. It's never been like a big enough problem for me. I think that that's not necessarily apples to oranges, but looking at the 3DS, which is sh- strictly a mobile experience where the games are not designed to be played for hours and hours on end. You're not co-oping with someone most of the time, right? You're not playing online most of the time. And if you are, you are by an outlet. But again, with the Switch, it's all about packing it up, taking it with you. And obviously, yeah, you could be tethered to a wall, but guess what? Not if I have it propped up on the kickstand. And I'm not going to do I have to carry the dock around with me now to get around that. And I agree, it's probably going to be a small use case. That's not going to be everybody. That's not going to be hardly anybody. But that's like the main thing with their messaging. And so you start thinking about it. It's like, well, that they didn't, did they think that through? Did they think that we wouldn't catch that? It's just frustrating and it kind of goes to show like that's just Nintendo's MO is kind of one step forward, two steps back. And maybe I'm overanalyzing it and just being a a prick about it because I want to find something wrong with this. I don't know. A couple other things. uh, There's no Ethernet port. So that's, you know, are they going to release a separate adapter like they did with the Wii U? You plug into USB. How's that going to work? Does that, are you going to get signal degradation? I feel like Nintendo doesn't know and the Switch doesn't know if it wants to be is this a casual, fun device like the Wii? Is this a portable device like the 3DS? Is this a hardcore, quote-unquote, home console like the Wii U? Is this a fun machine that I play with my friends? Like, what is it? I don't think anything from their messaging is pointing towards this being a hardcore console. They keep kind of hammering home, and I know we disagree here, but they keep saying, this is our home console, this is our home console, you're going to get the home console experience. Well, they say that in the context of it being a console also, not that it's just a console. They say, this is a console, this is a handheld. They say those two things back to back. Obviously, the power of the device is something we've talked about, and this thing will be lucky to be on the par with the Wii U. I'm imagining that it is actually not as strong, but they are compensating in in certain areas, whether it's resolution or whatever. Uh, Based on the gameplay I've seen, a lot of the games don't run as nice. I watched a lot of Mario Kart 8 footage, and it 
it was choppy at times, even in just portable mode, when the resolution is is brought down to 720. So, see, that's the opposite of what I saw. It's from what everything I've seen, the the Switch version of Breath of the Wild was running smoother, and Mario Kart 8 was running at 60 with up to four people. So, I feel like that kind of lends itself to saying that the Switch is going to be a more comparable system to the Xbox One or the PS4 than it is the the Wii U. I can't imagine it. It touches either of those consoles. Closer to that than, than the Wii U, though. Like, more powerful than the Wii U. Looking at even just the Breath of the Wild footage, Breath of the Wild looks a little worse on the Wii U, but by all accounts, it's it's going to be running the same. And I think even on the Switch, it's kind of a jaggy mess. I don't... I, I love the art direction and the style. I think it's a beautiful game. But in implementation, I think it looks really bad. And maybe I'm overanalyzing it. Maybe I'm a spoiled you know, graphics horror, but everything I've seen from it just kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah. And see, I don't, I don't notice that stuff nearly as much as you do. Again, going just by what people are saying from the, you know, the New York event is, Hey, this is a really great portable experience. But as soon as I plugged it into my TV, dot, dot, dot. And, and there are all these caveats with how the games look and run. And again, this, this could all just be sorted out on the back end and it's not something we'll have to ever worry about, but you know, it's something I've been worried about and am getting a little more scared with each passing day. And it's also like you've said before where, you know, we're in the, we're in the minority of like the hardcore, you know, or the people that are following these events or the ones that are looking for this, these type of things. And the people that are showing up in New York and in the, in Europe and in Japan, like going to these events, these are the ones that like that have been following the switch since they announced it in November. And they're like, they have all this hype. They have all these expectations. Like this thing's going to be on par with the PS4. And then when they plug it in, it's not, then they're the ones that are realizing, Oh, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. So I think that's a much narrower use case of people who are like, this isn't meeting my expectations versus somebody else who's like plugging, playing out on the go. Like this is great. And then they plug it in. It's instantly on the TV. That's kind of a cool experience. If you're not plugged in, like we are. I believe that this is going to be, this is revolutionary mobile tech. I'm glad Nintendo partnered with NVIDIA. Their system on a chips are great. You look at the, I mean, even the first NVIDIA Shield is a quality machine, a powerful machine for, we're talking mobile here. But as a as a home console and something I want to play on my TV moving forward, I, I don't believe it's it's going to be nearly powerful enough. But given the power that it does have and, and strictly mobile, I'm carrying this thing with me on my commute or whatever. Is that battery life now that we kind of know, know where that rests? Do we know what the milliamps look like? How big is that battery? Oh, it's like 4,300 milliamp hours. 4,300 and change. So, I mean, that's a really big battery. Yeah, they crammed probably as much battery as they possibly could into this thing. Especially given the fact that they have active cooling in the back of this thing. Rumored active cooling. I have yet to see if that's actually confirmed, but they do have ventilation. So at the very least, they have passive cooling, but like a big enough space for that to matter. I mean, if you have passive cooling, you, d- you don't generally have large vents like that. Like look, like look at your iPhone, your iPad. There, there aren't vents because they're passively cooled. So I, I imagine that's a pretty good indicator that there's probably some form of active cooling. Right. Which it's going to need to. You, you, you cram a Wii U or an Xbox 360 into an iPad... That thing is going to be one hot motherfucker. Much lower power draw, though. We're not looking at AMD numbers as power draw. So, less power draw kind of lends itself to less heat. I mean, even my phone gets hot when I'm... You have that thing plugged in and I'm playing Super Mario Run. The thing is is cooking. And now we're, we've got a full system into a handheld. But your phone doesn't have active cooling. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I am worried about... Are these things going to start dropping like flies in the next year? They're going to have some overheating issue? Is this going to be Red Ring of Death all over again? I don't know, but you know, anecdotal evidence as always, but I was 
reading some comments of people who had hands-on and they kept track of how warm the device was and they said it was not hot. They didn't notice any like the system itself warming up. I mean, they're, they're sitting there playing the thing. Unless they're playing it in the freaking shower or in the desert. That's that's probably real world scenario. Like What, the shower desert? Yeah, the shower <laughs> desert. Come on. That's where I play my video games usually. You don't shower. Shower <laughs> desert. You just you go somewhere really, really hot and you just let your, your body's natural fluids kind of do its thing. You just rub sand all over your body. Yeah, and then you wipe off. <laughs> The thing's also going to have a, a real Wi-Fi chip in it. You're going to have the 5 gigahertz capability. Yeah, that's better than the Xbox One or the PS4 had out the gate. That's true. So, it's, that's a good sign, especially with a handheld device. You want good Wi-Fi because that's primarily how you're going to be connecting to the internet with it. No, it's, it's good to see that Nintendo went this route. Especially, dude, as we are getting further and further along and more and more devices are using, was it 2.4 gigahertz? connection like in my apartment i actually just found this out recently like two nights ago i don't get wi-fi in my bedroom my router is is less than 20 feet away and i'm like what's going on what's going on well two nights ago i finally switched over to the five gigahertz channel i mean it's like getting glasses for the first time and saying i can't believe i was this blind how did i live before it totally changed everything there are just so many devices that there's such a uh, so much traffic yeah it's, it's it's a it's a clogged bandwidth so that'll that'll be nice especially for a console whether it's docked or on the go there's no dedicated uh, ethernet port so it'll be nice to be on a channel that's less frequented a frequency that's less frequented boom an infrequency boom <laughs> got him got him so what else about the hardware anything of note oh we've got micro sd up to two terabytes supported not that you can buy those right now as a consumer yeah, unless you have stupid money. I don't have stupid money. Like even the 256 gigabyte ones are north of $100, but you go down to 128 and that's like 40 bucks for like a good SD card. The thing is though, is that you look at PS4 and Xbox One and games are routinely above 40, 50 gigs. That's not going to be a problem on the Switch. The game carts right now come in a max 16 gigabyte capacity. An open world game like Zelda is only going to be a 13 and a half gigabyte game. You're not going to be downloading a 45 gigabyte Call of Duty game on, on the Switch. So if you are digital only, like you don't need a terabyte hard drive the way you might in a in a PlayStation. A 256 gigabyte card is probably going to be more than enough to do what you need to do with it. Probably going to be holding more than 10 games on that thing. And at that point, you're a super user. So, I mean, if you're buying digital only and, and to the point where you're filling up these giant cards like yeah like you said you are a super user and you can afford to go buy a few game cards and they did confirm that you can switch these out switch switch triggered <laughs> i know that uh, on the 3ds you can't just swap your game card or your your sd card out everything is tied to that sd card so the fact that your your username and your account info and the operating system are all going to be presumably on the device in some manner that you can just swap game cards out without having to worry about ruining something not necessarily having everything locked to your device because it's a, a huge pain if you want to transfer device info from one 3DS to another. I want like user systems to be a little bit easier to like, oh, I broke my Switch. I want to buy a new one, but I can't because everything is locked to my other one. I want it to be like a little bit more streamlined experience. All of our information, all of our everything needs to be tied to just an account name. Uh, yeah, that's and that's one of the things people have been crying about for years and years and years. It's something that Sony does really well. It looks like they're finally going that way. Let's see, so we've gone over everything. Wi-Fi, USB Type-C, micro SDXC. Dude, the fact that it's region-free... Generally. Oh, really? Is it? Is that not going to be ubiquitous? When Kimishima 
announced like, oh yeah, games we've we've had region locked games for a while, but now in general we're gonna be moving towards region free. I think that's more along the lines of like online experiences are kind of locked based on regions. Like I know Germany is a little bit more intense with what they like the rating systems. So I think it has probably stuff to do with that, like import export. Like you said, in general, you're gonna be able to buy like a Japanese game and pop it into your you know, U.S. switch and play it in Europe, you know, it's going to be fine. That's really great, especially considering, and even looking at the Wii U, there are a number of titles that are exclusive to either Japan or Europe, and we only got digitally. And I don't buy digital games ever. I don't. I like to have physical media. I like to own the game. And when it the game inevitably, you know, is taken off the servers, I'm still able to pop it in and play it. Especially with a console like the Wii U that was actually still running off the disc. Which I think is a really great thing that it's actually reading the discs. I think it's frustrating that you couldn't install the game for better load times. Not that I could have with a 32 gigabyte hard drive. (laughs) Wait, did the Wii U even use a hard drive or was that flash storage? I think it was flash storage. So something that is going to really get me going here is the goddamn peripherals. Oh boy, yeah. I was really surprised when I saw those numbers. Like, blown away. So the Switch is already coming in at $300 is I think the high end of what they could charge. Oh yeah, that that number by itself that's a f- that's a fine number. I would have expected a pack in at that price, but 300 is a good number still. I would have rather seen I know the Joy-Con has all this technology in it, the gyroscope and the motion and the HD rumble and, and the fact that they're Bluetooth enabled because there's no analog attachment there. When when you when you attach them to the Switch, they're still just wireless controllers. I don't know if they stream data over it, but there is a an analog connection. That's how the Joy-Cons charge. So that's what I mean by no analog attachment. Obviously, there is. It's it's getting they're getting power. My takeaway from the whole thing is you could have done without some of these gimmicks that they're really pushing. They're really pushing these things during the press conference. You could have done away with some of those. Made this a little cheaper. Put either made the device cheaper or put that extra money into you know making the the device more powerful. If you can have a powerful console and have good games, that's important. You can have great games and still suffer. Look at the Wii U. The Wii U has great games. It still has the most highest rated. I know that's that's kind of a sketchy metric, but it's got the most highest rated exclusive titles uh, between the three consoles. You, you want to say, oh, good games sell. That's not true. I would have liked to see a more powerful console. That being said, I still think what they what they've done, it all looks really great. And it looks like it actually works, which is not something we've been able to say about their last two consoles. And the, the Joy-Cons with their the rumble and the motion controls, that's all cool and all. But is it $80 cool? I mean, we're looking at $50 for just a single side of the Joy-Cons. Look at 70 for the Pro Controller. Like that's 70 for the Pro Controller is, I think, doable. That's like just pushing me to be like, I don't know. You know, if you buy a new DualShock 4 or like even the, the Xbox One uh, controllers that you can like do the designs and stuff, that's like pushing 60 70 dollars that's 70 for the design but that's just that's just a way to rope idiots into spending money they don't need to spend dude but i kind of want to get one of those though still just because it's kind of it's kind of a cool customization thing i think that's good marketing but 70 for the this pro controller which does have all the motion controls that has the hd rumble that's rough but it's it's still doable you know these controllers cost i mean nothing to produce you know it's it's like looking at an iphone costs 102 dollars to produce and they sell it for 800 and it, it, it's insane, insane markup. $70, I think that games at $60 a pop are way too much money. While they they are cheaper than they've ever been when you account for inflation, I think that's still too much money for what most games are today. Just some of this, I mean, $70, that's more than a video game, man. I'm scratching my head at that. Especially considering this isn't a very, it's not a very good controller. It didn't look that nice. 
by all accounts, it's it's not as ergonomic as even the Wii U, uh, the Wii U Pro controller. I want to put my hands on it. I want to actually feel. There's only so much I can say. Like, oh, that's not worth seventy dollars just by looking at it. But I want to actually, you know, I want to wrap my mitts around it. You know, I want to get some personal time with it. Like the Xbox One controller, my last Xbox One controller I bought for $60, which was a lot of money, but I figured, hey, I, I need to finally, I need a controller upgrade for my computer, right? The thing crapped out on me in like a month. I don't even, I don't play that often and I don't play that hard, okay? And the, the, the analog sticks are starting to grind on the rim and turning to dust. The buttons start to stick. One of the D-pad buttons doesn't work anymore. These things aren't built well. Nintendo's not going to change that. Have you had any bad luck with uh, first-party Nintendo controllers in the past? I think the worst luck I've ever had was with the N64 controller. Oh, yeah. Which, that thing lasted still, like, years and years. But I've never had any problems with their controllers, like, being built poorly. I mean, the N64 controller was notoriously garbage. The D-pad, the contacts and the D-pad turned to dust. I mean, dust. You don't, not the D-pad. You don't use the D-pad as the analog stick, uh, like, ground up. No, the analog was garbage, yeah, but I'm saying the D-pad would turn to dust, and you didn't use it. Why? Why is it turning to d- literally dust? You take them apart and the, the plastic in there it, it's just disgusting, chalky mess. Uh, the analog sticks, yeah, were, were very, very poorly designed. But then you get to the GameCube controller and those things are impervious to damage. They're really great controllers. The Wii controllers, you know, you'll break a TV before you break the controller itself. The Wii U controllers were fantastic. I mean... The gamepad, some people had problems with the, the screen crapping out, but that's not a control thing. That's like, that's the screen. Right. But the Wii U Pro Controller, I mean, despite it being a little bit lighter than my tastes, like, I've had no trouble with the thing, especially with the battery life being what it is. Dude, the battery life is insane. You play PS4 for 10 hours and that, that controller's dead. The Switch Pro Controller is, it's saying 40 hours, which is a little bit less than the, the Wii U Pro Controller's 80 hours. Oh my God. But that thing, I charged it. I charged that. I think I've charged that thing twice since I've owned a Wii U. Thing is just forever alive. I have to charge my PlayStation controller every night. Yeah, every day. <laughs> and it's, and sometimes I'll, I'll go on like a, a real heavy session and I have to pull out a long enough cable to charge it while I'm playing. And wouldn't you pay 10 extra dollars? To have a DS4 that actually lasted? No, because it's ludicrous that I have to spend $60 on a DualShock anyway. I mean, that's just still, I think it's crazy. But you buy DualShocks, like, more often than a man needs to. Yeah, because I, they all crap out on me. They're fucking cheaply made. But what if they didn't? What if they didn't? I, I don't have faith that Nintendo is going to be the one ushering us in, into a new era of hardware. Why don't you have faith in Nintendo making a good controller? It's like one of the things they always do. I think there's a difference between designing a nice controller and, and building something that's going to last a long time. But you have no reason to doubt that this is going to be a bad controller. It costs $70. I don't care what. I don't care if it wipes my ass for me. It's too much money. Dude, I'd spend 80 for a controller that wiped my ass. <laughs> Especially since you know you're going to be playing this thing in the can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Every now and again, you know. I don't want to I don't want to get shit on my Switch. My Switch. My Switch. <laughs> No, the battery life's really great. So that's one thing going for it. And the fact, I mean, it does have the, the HD rumble, the motion controls, presumably. Yeah, that's that's confirmed. You're going to be able to aim your freaking pro controller at the thing, waggle that. Yeah, I'd understand why they didn't have the gyro in the, the Wii U pro controller. I don't know why they would cut out a functionality that was in the gamepad from the pro controller. It says pro in it. It should be like, literally, you can do everything with that controller. Got to give them credit there, is that they, they heard people complain about that. All 12 of us who own a Wii U. Uh, we complained about it, and they said, all right, we'll fix that. We now have a pro controller that's actually an upgrade uh, in a few meaningful ways, and that I'm not losing functionality when I switch over to it. Switch. Switch. 
that grip though. The grip, the fact that it's shipping without a grip that'll let you charge it. And I thought the charge grip, I thought it had a battery pack. So you charge that and then if your Joy-Cons die, you can plug it in, continue using it and charge. No, it is literally just a USB-C receptacle and it costs $30. What the hell are they thinking? Then the one that comes with the console doesn't even have that functionality. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard for me to defend You can't buy the grip that doesn't charge. You, I, I, there's no skew for that. I have not seen that anywhere. I've seen third-party ones, but you just have that $30 charging grip. That's fu- It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bizarre. That blows me away. I called the dock being $90. I think it was $9 off. I said, what, 90 or 99 I can't remember what I said, but... <sighs> yeah, I did not realize that that was going to be that expensive. But then you brought up a good point. You are talking about USB-C display and then also charge ports you, you looked that up right there's something that was 60 dollars right 60 dollars for for a decent one but i think nintendo wants to be competitive we're gonna get a third-party dock or even a third-party dongle i don't need a whole dock i just need to plug it in and make it work dongle it didn't need to be pretty yeah <laughs> dongle <laughs> yeah how long until people are undercutting nintendo i'm not spending 90 dollars on a dock i'm not doing it you, you look at third-party stuff for nintendo products and they're always so crappy like those third-party Wii controllers were always just hard trash. The GameCube controllers were just terrible. So I want to see if there's actually anything that's worth even spending a little bit less than what Nintendo's charging. I think there has been a, a slight improvement in the last couple of years now that companies like Hori have been officially licensing products through Nintendo. You know, the, the Hori gamepads that mimic the GameCube layout, still nothing close to a GameCube controller. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Uh, but they are actually usable you know, I bought one of the Mario Edition GameCube ones that I uh, plug into the bottom of the Wiimote, you know? Right. I bought one of those. I was playing Xenoblade uh, on the on the Wii, and I couldn't find a brand new Wii Pro, whatever they're called. Right, the Pro Classic? Or Pro, yeah, cla- yeah. Just the, the Wii Pro controller, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I bought this, plugged it in, and said, oh, this actually, this is really nice for a game like this. And that costs like 15 bucks. So they're getting better. They're never going to be as good, you know. But as far as the dock, come on. Someone's going to come out with that and sell it for half the price or a third of the price, and they're going to sell a million of them. Because anyone who owns a Switch, you know, if someone comes out and says, hey, you can charge an output display for $25, and it's just a little brick with two cables on it, they're going to sell millions of those, man. Not literally, but anyone who owns a Switch is going to go out and buy two of those. Yeah, if it's a good price. Yeah, that pretty much covers hardware, really. I mean, there's like little things like people are wondering if it's going to be analog um, LNR triggers confirmed digital. People are wondering whether or not that's going to affect the uh, viability or um, likelihood of GameCube Virtual Console because those had analog triggers. I think it will affect uh, a lot of those games, but most games didn't use the analog triggers in any meaningful way. So I don't think it's going to be. If Nintendo wants GameCube Virtual Console, they will make it happen. This won't be a hurdle. This isn't going to stop it from happening. Uh, I'm shocked that they didn't mention Virtual Console at all. They they had a little sizzle reel where they showed some VC games. Those weren't even really VC games. I think they just showed the Ultra Street Fighter. And that's going to be a, a proper release. That's not going to be just a... That's not a, a, a Virtual Console throwback title. That's like a new release. Yeah, that's a, that's a new game. Kind of similar to a game that came out on... Uh, 360 arcade it's the same game with like a new map and new character i mean i don't know it's basically the same game it's like the turbo version of that game and then the reintroduction of uh, the two characters evil ryu and violent ken beyond that it's it's kind of cool to see that there's like a quote-unquote real fighting game 
coming in like the first few months. Yeah, a real fighting game that you need a $300 device to play and two $70 controllers at least. And So every fighting game? I mean, where are you drawing the line there? It's just such a large barrier of entry. No one's buying the Switch to play Street Fighter, and no one's buying a Switch and then buying Street Fighter and saying, oh, I can't wait to like play this comparatively with my friends with these fucking two-inch controllers. Like, what is that? Spend $140 so that I can play a proper fighting game? People spend that on a fight stick alone. Those are That's like the 1% of, of people with too much time on their hands and, and some weird obsessive tendencies. I'm just saying, there's a Venn diagram out there of people who want Street Fighter and people who want Switch. I mean, I, I'm going to buy the Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, dude, is like my jam. That's the one good I'm good You're at. You're mocking your Venn diagram. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, but I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people who can play with the Joy-Con, and I probably won't be playing with anyone else. I'm not going to go buy Street Fighter so that I can call our buddy Max up and be like, yo, you want to get down on some fucking some Street Fighter 2 Turbo, bro? I've got some Joy-Cons for you, homie. Come on. Nah, I'm an, I'm an MVC2 guy. Come on. I'll probably, I'll probably check it out. I'll probably play you. Probably beat your ass or something. Probably, but you're way better at games than I am. In general. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions about the their online. I think it was a huge mistake for them to, to come out and say that we have a paid service. That's like the one thing they had over Microsoft and Sony. I don't know. I think that people bitching and moaning about paid online, that's like, it's so cheap still. It's the price of one game a year. If you can't afford to pay like $50, $60 a year, then you probably shouldn't be playing video games. I think that's a really shitty argument, Colin Moriarty. But the difference, the difference is you, you spend $60 a year now on PS Plus. You're getting all these free games. You're getting cloud storage, obviously getting access to playing these games online. You're getting free games that you're paying for and the free games that you don't really necessarily want all the time. Like you get some, you get hit sometimes, you get like Rocket League. But if you had just paid for Rocket League, that's still cheaper than the service itself. Like it doesn't, it doesn't add up. I would disagree that it doesn't add up. I feel like there are enough benefits there to warrant that. But to say, give us $60 a year so that you can voice chat with people. Oh, wait, we don't fucking have voice chat. Never mind. But we also don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know how much Nintendo is going to be charging for this online service. I mean, if you look at their one online service they have, is the PokeBank. That's what, $5 a year? That's less than a dollar a month. That's less than 50 cents a month. Yeah, it's a real nice price. So we don't know how much they're going to be charging. It could very well be like $20 a year. Which I think is very, very reasonable. All signs point to them trying to trying to bring parity between the other two consoles and and the Switch. You know, they're saying hey, it's going to be a three hundred dollar device, and we're going to have paid online now. Wii U is a three hundred dollar device. Yeah, that was a fucking terrible mistake. It was three hundred fifty dollar device initially. Well, it was three hundred for the the eight gigabyte version. Jesus Christ, eight gigabytes! I couldn't fit my dick in eight gigabytes, bro. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Eight gigabytes. <laughs> God, dude. They came out and announced that if you subscribe to this this weird nebulous service that doesn't actually exist and won't actually exist until fall sometime, uh, you get one free game a month, but it sounds like that's actually just a trial for a virtual console game. You get an NES and an SNES game. I believe it's two games. You get to try it out. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a month-long rental, essentially. That seems fucking silly to me. If they can roll out a service, like, if Nintendo said $60 a year, cloud storage, online gaming, we're going to give you proper voice chat, we're going to give you a proper party system, uh, messaging, everything that, like, like actually do what Sony and Microsoft have been doing for a decade, if they were going to do that, awesome. But then also say you get one free virtual title a month, and they kind of go the PS Plus or the Xbox Gold route, where they are giving us these tangible benefits. And even if it's, 
you get one free or two free games a month as long as you're subscribing to the service, just like the other two. That, I think, is totally worth $60 a year, especially if they let you choose the game. Like, they give you four or five games to choose from every month, and you can say, I want these two. Like, that's really, that would be really great of Nintendo. But they're not going to do that. And so this kind of seemed really out of touch. Yeah, it'd probably be too expensive for them on their on their licensing end because, you know, you think about all those old NES and SNES games, not all of them are first party, and they can only they can only bleed themselves for so long before they have to start being like, okay, now you get to choose from a Konami game and a Capcom game, and then what's Capcom and Konami going to start charging for that because, you know, they're money hungry. They want the them green dollary dues. Well, guess what? Sega is dead. Konami is dead. Capcom is fucking dead. Sega's still making a hell of money on just riding that Sonic wave. Are they making a hell of money, or are they just bleeding that IP for all it's worth? They're making enough to still be a thing in the current year. I mean, almost 20 years after their last huge financial failure. Nintendo is not only successful enough to still be able to make hardware, which Sega is not able to do. Konami will give Nintendo whatever the fuck they want if Nintendo shows them the dollars, like you said. And so I'm not. I don't think it would be too terribly expensive on Nintendo's part to acquire the license for those games. Like looking at the NES Classic, it's a sixty dollars device, and they managed to get the rights from all these companies for for all these titles. Yeah, and they didn't make it nearly enough of them. I almost think that some of the production costs problems was like they only had the licensing for a certain number. Reggie actually just came out and said something about this. He said when we did our market research again, out of touch Nintendo. When we did our market research, we saw that you know this would be for. 40-year-old, quote-unquote, people who grew up with the NES who'd be buying this. We didn't realize that current gamers would want this. Like, really? You don't have access to your own digital sales? Nobody would know that current gamers wanted this. If I told you about the NES Classic two years ago, would you be able to say, oh, yeah, that thing is going to be sold out day and date? No, no one no one could foresee that this thing would sell out like instantly like it did. Nintendo hasn't made 200,000 of these things. They've made none. Like that's nothing. Yeah, but Nintendo's always been a conservative company when they're like like you said they did their market research. I said it too that they probably looked at their their VC sales and they used that to kind of gauge and extrapolate and they've looked around they saw the Atari th- like flashback and like the the Sega Genesis 30 and 1 you can buy 201 whatever. And, like, those aren't flying off the shelves. They're just sold at, like, kitschy kiosks in the mall. Nobody could possibly think that that something like the Nintendo Classic would be so highly sought after. Well, you know what? All of us dummies down here on on, on dry land, we all saw this coming miles of fucking way. So how come they couldn't do it? And how come they're always wrong? How come they are wrong every time they go into a hardware launch and, and or sometimes even software launch? They don't have enough physical copies of their software. Like, how can they do this time and time again? They did okay on the Wii U. They did okay on the Wii U only because they had they had moderate projections and then no one cared. Yeah, so they were right. But I've heard some horror stories about the Wii U in particular. Launch day Wii U and, and not be able to get reserved copies. So I'm wondering how much of that is, were they actually available and flying off shelves? No one talked about it. No one knew the Wii U existed. I just think it's a, it's a much more complex market than you give it credit for. Like, it's very easy to look back in hindsight and be like, well... Nintendo should have known, but nobody else did either, so... There's never been a PlayStation 4 shortage. There's never been an Xbox anything shortage. Why is this unique to Nintendo? Because Nintendo is conservative with how much they make, because they don't have the kind of 
huge corporate funds that Sony and Microsoft do. Nintendo is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Sony is broke. PlayStation is the only reason that company is not broke. That company is not making a profit. PlayStation is making a profit. That company is dying. And they would be dead if it weren't for the fact that the PS4 sold 50 million units. Like Nintendo, they are very conservative, but it's because of out of, out of touch, not because they don't have the resources or the pockets. Come on. Yeah, and Sony's losing money because they're also making huge gambles by making a lot more PS4s than they they know that they can sell. And they got lucky and they sold a lot of them. They're losing money because they're making 3D TVs and, and they have 19 4K TVs that are selling for $1,200 a pop that no one's buying. That's why they're dying. There's a reason why Nintendo has a bunch of money is because they've always been very conservative with how much hardware they make before they sell it. We're not voting with our wallet, so it's our fault. It's our fucking fault. Although, is it though? Because guess what? The Wii U fucking failed. The Wii U failed miserably in a way that no console of this magnitude has. And it still didn't change a goddamn thing. It didn't change one single thing that any of us have cried about and asked for. And that people smarter than me have broken it down and said, this is what this company needs to do. And they refuse to do it. So when I say we don't vote with our wallets, you and I don't vote with our wallets because we own Wii U's. Yeah, because I think, like, personally, it's a good console. Like, I've, yeah, I agree. Like you said, it has great games on it, and it maybe it wasn't as cheap as I would have liked, or it didn't have the third-party games that the PS4 and the Xbox One have, but guess what? I don't really care about those games. I'm in the, I'm in the minority. You know, I'm not buying the early Assassin's Creed or the Call of Duty. But that's there's a reason that the, the console failed, and that the people they're trying to sell to now, they've already voted with their wallets, and they still haven't changed anything. I'm still not convinced this thing's going to get third-party support. So, which again, doesn't matter to us, but to the people who, who they're trying to market this thing to, they care. And so far, it looks like it's going to be a machine for crappy ports. We're getting the original version of Skyrim seven years late. Are you fucking kidding me? I think that's more like just watching, um, I can't remember the fellow's name, the guy from Bethesda talking about, you know, we're finally working with Nintendo. This has been a long time coming. Like that in itself is like a cool thing. I want to see a Bethesda exclusive on the Nintendo, I don't know if that's going to happen because Never. Nintendo doesn't really hasn't hasn't shown itself to work with third party publishers to be like, yo, let's get a third party exclusive. Like, let's you make a game for us. We haven't seen that happen, but it'd be really really cool. That's like my one kind of pie in the sky hope because I don't really care about getting a Fallout Five. I don't really care about getting you know a bunch of FIFA games. Like seeing the guy from EA at the conference, like that was cool. But like, why do they bring him out just to be like? Yeah, you're getting FIFA. P- people don't care. People don't care. Like, yeah, that's not a, that's not a cool thing. But if like if they're like, yo, EA, why don't they just, like tap them and be like, make a make a game, make a video game like you used to. Don't just like crank out another heartless, you know, million dollar, you know, basketball game. Nintendo wants to sell units, and that's what they th- I think they thought when they said, oh, we'll bring the guy from EA in and show that hey, we have third party. But again, we're getting a FIFA game, like. Why didn't you mention Star Wars or why didn't you mention actual big names that, that are going to move units and that people care about when they think of third-party support and said that we're going to get a FIFA game and that's going to be it. Well, you know, FIFA games do sell really well. I mean, we're in the minority because we live in America and we don't give a shit about soccer. But to almost everybody else in the world, FIFA makes buku bucks. So, like, that makes sense monetarily and, like, this is a press conference still. Like, we wanted it to be a direct, but this is still Nintendo talking to their investors as well as, like, Japanese press to be like, yo, we're still relevant. So, FIFA makes sense in that way, but what I wanted was them to bring out the dude from EA, that giant, giant, scary-looking man, 
and him talking about his son with his middle name Luigi. Like, what the hell? <laughs> You're Luigi soccer man. <laughs> that giant robot man, he comes out and says, hello, I'm excited to be here. This is human excitement. He literally, I think he said, this is human excitement. That dude is like Drago from uh, Rocky Four. <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I really wanted them to be like, you know, EA, like, have some heart again. But that's not what happened. It's not going to happen. Unfortunately. It's not going to happen. But it could. I just... Oh, man. There's good. Goddamn Nintendo just being out of touch. Their investors didn't like that press conference either. No, their investors don't like anything. Their investors want them to like sell out and make a million mobile ports and cash in on that and just bounce. Nintendo were to just say we're done with hardware and they started licensing their stuff. Not licensing it out, but if they developed games for other consoles, I have no doubt they'd be in a better place. And they'd be making better games. They'd be making bigger games. They'd be making them more frequently. So this is a last-ditch effort. I hope it works. Half of me agrees with you. Half of me would be very sad to see that happen. And they could still do their handhelds. Like, they could have done the Switch and then a more modest version of the Switch and done a really, really great handheld, you know, kind of cut back on the power, boosted the battery, and said, hey, this is, like, the ultimate handheld experience. I still think the handheld market's it's not dead, but it's not like it was, and it's never going to be like it was, which is why I think banking the Switch on the fact that you can take it with you, I think, again, that's a niche audience. Most people don't care about that. I think it's more oohs and ahs and it's flashy and it's sexy. But when it comes down to it, I, I just don't think that's a seller. I just love quirky little Nintendo, you know, fighting the good fight. It gives me it gives me heart, you know. It makes me feel. You know, you, I watch a, a Sony press conference and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, they did some cool stuff. I watch a, a Microsoft one that's even more dry. And then Nintendo's got a guy chilling out on the couch feeling up ice cubes in his weird controller. <laughs> You know, like that stuff, that stuff gets me still. I like that. It's like quirky and fun for, for diehard Nintendo fans who would have pre-ordered this thing two months ago before there was any information about it. But again, they're talking to investors and they're talking to either lapsed Nintendo fans or, or people who already own an Xbox and a PS4 and are looking for a reason to buy a Nintendo console. They didn't get one. I just, I don't know what Nintendo can do to please anyone really. Like if I saw a Nintendo PlayStation, you know something that was comparable to the, the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One, that wouldn't excite me. That would just be like, okay, Nintendo's kind of falling into line. That wouldn't be like a cool new thing that I'd be excited for. It would just be another box that is comparable to the other ones. And that's not what I want. So personally, I'm more excited about the Switch than I would be, you know, some sort of technical marvel where the power's out of control and they just use regular controllers and they're finally falling into line. Like it'd be cool for, you know, certain aspects like, finally getting regular online. But in general, that wouldn't be the selling point for me. I, I don't think this changes the way you do anything. Like the Joy-Con has the potential to be to be cool and be innovative, but it's it's gonna fall to the wayside just like the Wii gimmick did. And it's it's not gonna be revolutionary the way that that Nintendo probably hopes. This is this isn't gonna change the way you, you play games. It's gonna be I have a controller in my hand. And I'm playing it, except now I can play it on the shitter. Oh, now I'm in bed. Oh, now it's on my TV. They could make everybody happy as, hey, put out a real console. Make something powerful. Get your online service up to date. Reach parity with the with the other the console twins. Because guess what happens if you reach parity with them? Now you have Nintendo games. You're now one step ahead of them. But if they make a console that third parties can develop for, that when you look at it and you don't say, this is tech from two generations ago, my games look worse and play worse on here. You could do the Switch, a Switch-like device and have a, again, you have two pillars. You got your home console and you've got your, 
your handheld, and the handheld could still have been this. You can still play it on your TV, and instead of that being the reason you buy it, that could just be a really wonderful quality of life thing, and that's how you make everybody happy. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's a formula that's right there. There's a recipe. There are ingredients. You know what you need to make this fucking soup, bro. Nintendo always makes the kookiest soups. <laughs> it's like making soup without the broth. It's not soup. It's dried meat in a bowl. It's like weird cereal. I don't know. I, I just think that Nintendo has seen that the, the gimmicks do sell. I mean, if you look at the PSP versus the, the DS, the DS was much weaker, but had a cool gimmick. And the PSP, by all accounts, should have been a much more successful unit just because of how innovative it was. It was cool. It was powerful enough. Didn't that thing sell like 80 million units? It was a, it was a late start, though. I didn't get that kind of sales until I got Monster Hunter. You know, like it was definitely games that pushed that, that device. And then once it was hacked too, people wanted the hardware, but they weren't buying the software. And then you could say the same thing with the Vita versus the 3DS. Where the 3DS was still really weak, but it had that cool little 3D thing that, you know, nobody really used. But it was still like a continuation of the DS aspect that people still use the touchscreen. And even though people had smartphones by the time the 3DS came out, there was still 60 million that ended up being sold. I want this to succeed because, you know, I love Nintendo games and I want more Nintendo stuff. But in the end, as long as I'm happy with it, then this is a, a success for me. It, you know, we'll get to the games in a minute, but like Super Mario Odyssey, like that's a game that was, I am convinced was supposed to come to the Wii U. And there's some information that came out today saying that the game is ready and ready for launch, but Nintendo is holding it back because they want to sell units in the holiday season. That makes sense from a business standpoint. But Guess what happened is is the Wii U failed miserably and we didn't get these games that we should have got years ago. And uh, that that's what I'm worried about with this if it doesn't sell. But the formula, Nick, like I said, make a powerful console and make good games. But I mean, Nintendo did that with the GameCube and that failed miserably versus the PS2. The, the console was really powerful, but guess what? It couldn't play DVDs and the power didn't matter because you're putting games on fucking discs that fit a quarter of the data. That completely negated the power of the console. People weren't using the entirety of the data on the PS2 discs. Unless you had like these epic 100-hour RPGs with, you know, millions of cutscenes. But even then, there were other aspects in play. So we don't know what those other aspects are for PS4 and Xbox One. By all accounts, Xbox One is just marginally less powerful than the PS4. But a bunch of people bought the PS4 instead because of something exterior you know like the 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 built the built-in connect the bad messaging there was just enough there was just enough difference for the ps4 to get ahead and then has been a snowball effect since then because you know you buy a ps4 because you want to play games with your friends that also have a ps4 you know you're not just buying it completely separated you're not looking at these two consoles side by side being like well what are the benefits you're looking at other aspects as well but it's not a mystery you can look exactly at it and say Nintendo or uh, Microsoft, what did you do wrong? Well, your console was $100 more. You had to have the Kinect plugged in, watching and listening to you at all times. You wanted to do the always online, and that if you didn't have constant internet, you couldn't play the device. But I mean, the Wii U was $100 cheaper than the, the PS4 at launch. The Wii U is also, what, a year and a half old by that point, and no one knew it existed because bad messaging. Right. So there's definitely more, there's definitely just a bunch of aspects that kind of tie into it. And we were talking about earlier, the Wii U, bad messaging aside, the Wii U failed because they developed the console at a time where tablets were not ubiquitous. And, and almost overnight, span of a year or less, everybody had a tablet in their home because it became so cheap to produce. And, and like you said, you know, Apple made the iPad and everyone said, why do I want this? Well, those people all had them a year later. And so the Wii U at a time where, uh, what, what did you say earlier? 
if it had come out in 2010 instead of 2012, I think the Wii U could have been a success. A probably a massive success, especially riding the coattails of the DS's success. Like the idea of having this this screen that you can you can play on when someone's using the TV and you can watch something on when someone's using the TV or browse the internet. Like that's really great. And so we all had iPads, which you know, obviously better in every way. Uh, so it, I don't know. We're we're going down this rabbit hole way too far. If the Switch is successful, it will be in spite of these things, not because of them. I think it'll be because of the portability gimmick. I mean, I hope so, but I don't think, especially if you look at the numbers. Like I said, there are a hundred million fewer mobile units sold this generation with the 3DS and the Vita than with the DS and the and the PSP. A hundred million. Units less. I mean, you could also look at the the 360 and PS3 and the Wii versus how many PS4s and Xbox Ones and Wii U's were sold. Like, that's also a big number. The PS4 is on track to be, like, I think it'll probably reach PS1 numbers, 100, 100 some million. Like, it's on track to do that if if this generation lasts a few more years. If, if this generation's over in next year or the year after, it won't. Also, just like the DS and PSP era was kind of an anomaly, you know? The original Game Boy was obviously this crazy boom, but after that, they had this steady growth until they reached the DS. Well, even the Game Boy, like, that was out for, that was around for, like, 11 years before they put out another iteration. It was only because of Pokemon that it even survived. And then the Game Boy Advance sold 80 million over four years. Like, the the mobile space has been kind of, like, touch and go. They come out and they sell 25 million units in the first year. That's That's a runaway success, especially looking at the Wii U over the last four years. You know, EA is still putting out FIFA games on the Wii. If the hardware is out there, developers will come. But like chicken or the egg, what, I mean, what comes first? Do you, do you need the, the developers to sell the hardware? Or do you need to get the hardware out there before de- developers come? Right. And that's why I want Nintendo to do the un-Nintendo thing and actually seek out developers and be like, hey, make games for us. That's not the Nintendo way. I know, but I want them to do that. I want I'm it. allowed to want things. God. So we've totally got off the, the fucking rails here. We had a good little bit there, though. We're doing good. <laughs> We're off the rails. So let's get into a couple things we wanted to mention before we get into the games. The UI. The UI looks beautiful. It looks sleek. Very clean. Very for a minimal. You want a, a low-intensity UI. You know, you want this thing to not be using up a bunch of RAM, sucking up resources. Right. And when you look at the Wii, the Wii U, the 3DS... The UI is really just Fisher-Price. Yeah, it's gotten a little bit blocky. Hasn't always been great. I always thought the Wii had a, a decent enough UI. I think the Wii's UI was greatly enhanced by the wonderful music and sound effects. Top-notch. Still fills me with nostalgia. S-tier. Just hearing those little beep boops and oh. the little elevator music. <laughs> the weird little, oh. the, you know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you know, that's what you're saying. <laughs> that's exactly it. So the UI looks good based on what we've seen from all these events. Online services we've talked about, you know, no integrated voice chat at launch. We still don't know what the hell's going on with the mobile. Like, what's up with that? You have a mobile app? Yeah, that seems really weird. Is that going to be mobile specific or exclusive? It said smart device. So what I'm hoping is that they count the the switch itself as a smart device, please. No, that's asking way too much. Damn it! They want me to they want me to voice chat with my friends by just calling them. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called Skype. <laughs> uh, is there going to be an achievement system? Oh no! Like, ah! I think the closest they're going to do is something like they did with the Wii U with the stamps. They did it in one game. 
No, you have it in every game. No. Almost every game had stamps that you could unlock, and then you posted the Miiverse with them. Yoshi has has stamps. Yoshi has stamps. Mario has stamps. Zelda has stamps. All these games have no. stamps. Splatoon has stamps. Bullshit. Yes. You're lying to me. I'm not lying to You're you. You're a goddamn liar. I would never lie you to you. You mentioned Peter Molyneux in the last podcast. You are a liar. Well, Peter Molyneux had stamps. <laughs> God damn it. I uploaded Peter Molyneux to the internet. He became self-aware and, and finally made that Fable game. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting for him to become self-aware for so long. <laughs> he's just, he's been a little Microsoft drone all these years, but he is his own man now. Like Ultron. Oh God. Um. Is uh, is frustrated as I sound, and I'm not being nearly as articulate as I want to be because I get flustered and I've had a couple of glasses of shitty wine here. But I am actually really excited for the Switch. I've got my pre-order in. I cannot wait to get out there and hopefully we get ours. Fingers crossed. Dude, on launch day, if I don't get a switch, I'm gonna go ape shit in that Best Buy. <laughs> like, absolutely. I wonder if we're gonna have a midnight release at our Best Buy. I don't know. Probably. That's we'll what see. all signs are pointing toward. Yeah. So, last thing, online services, eShop. You said you had some some secret info that I was not aware of, and you wanted to get my my honest to god YouTube reaction video. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that market next. Yeah, I get these ridiculous... I wish you could see Nick's face right now. We're going to get some ridiculous thumbnail. Screenshot that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to... That's going to be the YouTube thumbnail. I'm going to put your face. Switch reaction. Great. Yeah, we'll get that afterward here. Um, so Reggie was asked about, about the eShop and about uh, the Nintendo accounts. Yeah, it was an interview with Wired uh, originally. It was with Chris Kohler. Um, I think I read that interview. Did you? Chris Kohler, man. I like that guy. He's a good dude. Um, no, I don't think it was it was Kohler. But anyway, asking about digital game libraries and have, if, if past purchases would transfer over, things they buy on the Switch, is, is it going to be tied to their account? Or are they going to get a discount when they buy virtual console on the Switch? Like, how is this going to work, given the fact... Now, specifically, someone said, you know, so Wired said... I hear from a lot of people, people like me, who spend $1,000 or more on classic games on Wii and Wii U. Uh, Fizeme says that's a lot of money. Yeah, no shit, Reggie. I know <laughs> Reggie has no fucking power. Like, everything's back at the mothership in Japan. Reggie is just a fucking mouthpiece. Hey, man, he's still COO, and he's still president of Nintendo of America, which means nothing to Nintendo. <laughs> no, they don't do anything. Yeah, one hand does not see what the other hand does. Nintendo of America exists solely to market what Nintendo Japan is doing. I mean, fight me on that if you're out there. I, I'd love to hear why I'm wrong. They pay attention to what's going on in their individual markets. That's why there's Nintendo of Europe. But like, NOA is not developing games. So he said, it is a lot of money. Is there going to be a discount for us if we buy games again on the Switch? Fizeme gave the most bullshit fucking politician's answer. What I would say first is, we recognize that some of our most passionate fans have spent quite a bit, whether it's with Virtual Console on the Wii or the Wii U. He didn't mention 3DS. All right. Uh, he goes on. We recognize that consumers are rightly concerned about moving to Nintendo Switch without backward compatibility. My comment is, and wait for it, quote unquote, stay tuned. We understand the concern. More information to come. Yeah, that screams bad news. Glad you fucking cleared that up, asshole. Sorry, it's not Reggie's fault. It's not Reggie's fault. His higher ups are like breathing down his neck being like, yo, don't drop the bad news now. Drop the bad news later. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be all dropped and... Once the system's coming out. I imagine we'll get very little information between now and launch. 
what we know now is probably what we're going to know until they start selling these things. No, you'll get more. I think we'll get more like game info, more game like release dates confirmed and that kind of stuff. Cause that's like, that's important. You know, I've been seeing a lot of coverage on games and that's, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I want to hear more about the games because that's like what's important to me for the system. Yeah. I, I can't wait to buy these games in two years. Like all those games they showed, half of them were announced to come out this year. All the big ones are getting delayed. Anything from Atlas or Square or Oh, that Xenoblade game? Those are getting fucking delayed. I guarantee it. Maybe Square. They like to push back their games. I don't know about Xenoblade, though. I feel like Monolith has done a pretty good job on hitting dates. I could be completely wrong. So they, they did three games, seven years apart. They've been good with dates. Like, like those were anticipated titles. I mean, this wasn't an anticipated title. This was just completely dropped out of nowhere. No, but now it is. Now it's going to be anticipated, and it's going to get delayed, and people are going to be upset. I mean, the launch games, the launch list is is really pathetic. It's pretty bare bones. We got, I mean, we got Zelda. Okay. That's, that's good. That's not, not good. But we were going over to the sales numbers earlier. You know, Zelda is not a system seller. Zelda sells well. It's one of Nintendo's more popular IPs, but the people who are going to buy a Switch for the most part are likely people who already own a, a Nintendo device. And it's probably going to be the Wii U. Guess what? They don't need to buy the Switch to play a, a $60 Wii U game. That's essentially being ported over because that's what it is. It was developed for the Wii U and ported to the Switch, upgraded textures or whatever. I'm glad they didn't delay it. There was a lot of talk that it might get delayed and that would have really hurt Nintendo. Yeah, they definitely, there was no way they're going to release the console without Breath of the Wild. If they're going to delay the game, they would have to delay the console too. We're getting one to Switch. Seems like a cool tech demo. I don't know why it's not a pack-in. It seems like the Wii Sports of this console, you know? You've played Wii Sports, right? Oh, I loved Wii Sports. Yeah, Wii Sports was a lot of fun. You go, you bowl, you box. It's just a fun thing to pick up and. The thing is, you could play with yourself. In the fact that even even if it wasn't a pack in and it was nineteen ninety nine, but it's fifty dollars. Yeah, for a game that really doesn't have visuals, it's like you get some cool FMV cutscene stuff. Yeah, but it's a game that you just look at your opponents relying completely on the HD rumble. So it, it's a game that isn't a game, and you need other people's to play it. Other people's. You need to get yourself some peoples, you see? Yeah, I would have much preferred to see either Snipper Clips or um, ARMS to be a launch title. ARMS looks really interesting. I want to play it. I want to play it with people. I'm not going to spend $60 on it. I might. Nah, too much money. I mean, it's a fighting game. Fighting games are $60. Well, guess I I, I don't buy fighting games because they're usually not robust or deep enough and, and not worth the money. Look what happened to Capcom. Street Fighter V has been just a... A steaming pile of flaming poo-poo. Yeah, but that's not because it's $60. Street Fighter 4, by all accounts, did really well. Also controversial in a lot of ways because of their business practices surrounding it, but... That's just Cashcom being Cashcom. Cashcom, that's true. Uh, we're getting Just Dance, we're getting Skylanders. I'm really, really surprised that Ubisoft was not at their press conference event. Why would they be? Because they're actually doing games at the launch. Like, you don't see an EA game on there. You don't see a Bethesda game, but they were both showcased. Ubisoft has been supporting Nintendo. And Nintendo, they're not trying to do anyone any favors. They would say, hey, how about you come and talk about your game because you've been with us the whole time? No, they want to say, we're going to bring people who we think are going to sell games. Just Dance isn't selling games. It's not selling consoles. Why would they waste a time slot to say, hey, the next edition of a game that no one plays is, is coming to the Switch? I don't know. I just thought it would be like, it would make sense for them to be like, yeah, we've worked with Ubisoft a lot in the past, a lot more than a lot of other third parties. Like, you know, you saw a bunch of Capcom and even saw a Konami game. There's a Konami game on the launch. Fuck Konami. Yeah. 
Fuck okay. Konami. Yeah. <laughs> Hideo Kojima for life. Guillermo del Toro. Fuck Konami. <laughs> the future of Switch games looks okay. Okay. Not great. Okay. No, yeah, there's a lot of games on this. Like, I'm actually surprised with how many games I'm looking at. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy all these on Switch. There's like five games this year, which for an average consumer, that's that's a lot. And I'm pretty average. I bought two Wii U games last year. Yeah, you really don't buy a lot of games. Yeah, so like I'm I'm actually looking forward to a lot of games that I'm going to buy on this thing. It's cool that we're getting some some JRPGs. This Gaia, uh, Shin Megami Tensei, although that's probably not coming west based on uh, on what Atlas is saying. Maybe not. It came out this way for what 3DS? Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Four, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously Xenoblade. So that that's we're getting some nice robust experiences on the Switch. Fire Emblem Warriors. Okay, I know what this means. Like. You guys don't want to, or, or haven't, shell out the money to develop a, a, a proper game in your series, so you let some other company take your IP and make some half-assed, you know. I mean, I, I liked Hyrule Warriors. That was fine. But it was definitely like, we're going to do this because we know Zelda's not coming out anytime soon. Last two Fire Emblem games. I think Fire Emblem Awakening was 13. Fates last year. Uh, am I going to have to wait till what, 2020 to play, to play Fire Emblem Switch? Yeah, I don't know what uh, Intelligent Systems, what their turnaround is like. Uh, Skyrim, that's going to be the 2011 version. It just is. That's crazy to me. I could see there being like a little bit of customization, but it's not going to be the treatment that the Special Edition got. Like It's not going to be graphically improved or anything. So last we talked Switch, we, we were on kind of two ends of the spectrum as far as, you know, I was thinking we're getting a lot of uh, Wii U ports. Uh, and you you said you'd be shocked to see that. Well, we're getting a Mario Kart 8 port. No new tracks. They're adding the battle system and some characters. Which I think that's enough to to call this the deluxe version. Like, it's called Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I'm going to buy it again because I like Mario Kart 8, and it would be cool to play it on this system. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I will also be buying it again. But that's mostly so that, presumably, I'll have a decent online system, and I'll be able to play these games. I mean, Mario Kart 8 ran really well online on the Wii U in a way that Smash Brothers didn't and Splatoon even had trouble. Yeah, the latency problems are much more negligible in a racing game than it is like something as split-second intensive as a fighting game or a shooter. But again, we're in the minority. How many... I, I was actually just on Facebook not too long ago and I, I was watching... There was this discourse happening between a couple of diehard Nintendo fans and when they announced that there were no new tracks, these guys were all basically saying... I'm not spending $60 on a game I already own on presumably a better system. Like, like Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U is probably going to run better. You already have these controllers that didn't cost you $70 a pop. If you're into the whole mobile thing, then this might be enticing. Again, I think that's a, a, going to be a small, a small percentage of people. Yeah. And you saw when Mario Kart 8 came out on the Wii U that there was a pretty big jump in system sales. I don't think you're going to see that with the, the Switch release of it. Splatoon 2. They're calling it Splatoon 2. Yeah, all new special uh, weapons and all that kind of stuff. Everything that you would expect from a sequel. I mean, we got all that stuff in, in free DLC packs on on the Wii U version. But I mean, you could argue that the, the, the Wii U version, they put out an incomplete game and then just kept adding stuff to have like an enticement, make it like more episodic. Absolutely not. It had a robust online community. They had a, a really great single-player campaign for what the game was. The local multiplayer wasn't good. That game had everything, and then they just kept piling on top of it. New maps, new weapons, new modes. 
And this seems like a, a game that has much better local multiplayer. The Wii U version only had like this weird... You do a split screen two player. You split screen one person on the gamepad, one person on the TV. And it wasn't like a actually... It wasn't a, a, ma- a Splatoon match. You're like popping balloons, head to head battle thing. It, it, was, it wasn't good. So this looks more like Splatoon 1 with some extra stuff and a new title. Uh, rather than a true sequel. And like you said, what do you want from a Splatoon sequel? This, I mean, this is it, right? Yeah, like what do you get between any two releases of a game? I mean, we'll see. If if this has a new single-player campaign, I'll be totally satisfied. But if they do away with it, or if it's just the one from, from Splatoon 1, okay, then we know this is just a fucking port. If that's the case, what the hell has Nintendo been doing for fucking three years? They've known this about the Switch for at least that long, right? They knew probably at least two years ago, if not three, that the Wii U is not going to sell and we have to move on this this new device. So what have they been doing? None of these games are launching with it. The only games in the launch window are, are ports or third-party games, most of which are ports. W- what are they doing? What have they been doing? I don't know how true this is. This is just speculation here, but they're launching this thing in two months. You know, it's coming out in March. But if this had been coming out in December, then every single game on this list would be a launch title. And that would be a huge launch lineup. Right. But instead, they're like eking it out through the year. And, you know, you got Mario coming out. be like their big like holiday release. The launch isn't as important for this. Yeah. You know, everyone kind of questioned why the hell are you putting this out in March? Like They need to save their fiscal year. Maybe with 2 million units if they actually sell through those, which is looking likely based on pre-orders. They're sold out everywhere. Yeah, there's really good positive buzz around this, which I'm very happy for. People have been talking about it. It's been, you know, the fact that they didn't say anything, you know, obviously now looking back, maybe maybe that sort of helped them despite concerns we had because everyone was talking about it, you know. And I think part of the reason is too is like the Wii U failed and it, at a certain point it became cool to point that out. Oh, yeah. It was definitely the whipping boy. Like we knew, like we know, like Nintendo fucked up everybody. Like, like haha, Nintendo, look at them doing their thing. And so now that they're like... Oh, Nintendo has a new console coming out. They're going to make up for the Wii U. People were, were much more aware than in 2012. Just based solely on the fact that this isn't the Wii U, already puts it ahead of the Wii U. <laughs> right. Which is such a bummer. I love my Wii U. Yeah, unsung hero. I've been playing a ton of it lately. I'm trying to get through all my backlog of Wii U games before the Switch comes out. Uh, I'm not even going to read the list to you because it's, it's a frightening list. I don't think I'll be able to do it. Uh, so, as far as the Switch goes... Uh, we're getting some Lego ports. We're getting a Minecraft port. That's not a surprise. A couple games I wanted to mention. Uh, Shovel Knight. You're going to have all three DLC packs, which is essentially three brand new games. Uh, playing as new characters and going through the entire base game again. Uh, they're opening up the what was locked into the Wii U with the Amiibo functionality with the multiplayer. You can do that with uh, on all the other systems also. Okay. There's a battle mode now too. But yeah, really cool that we're going to be seeing that. Just like these kind of bigger... Uh, indie titles that same with like ukulele that uh, they've expressed interest in the game coming to the switch which i cannot imagine it having any problem on switch no but uh, again the fact that this is an arm-based mobile processor you know you're not going to see ukulele launch when it's going to be launching on the other systems is that still launching on wii u or is that canceled Oh, no, that got shit-canned. Okay. So it looks like I'll be buying ukulele on the PS4 because I'm not waiting until 2018 to, to play that game. I might buy that game twice. I might buy it on PC and on Switch, honestly. Oh, is that getting a PC release? Yeah. Okay, I'll probably buy it on PC first instead of uh, PS4. And then I know you're a big fan of Stardew Valley, 
And if that, if and when that comes to Switch, you'll probably buy that again. Yeah, I only put about 10 hours into it before I got to the point where I said the Wii U version's coming. Uh, I'd rather play it on Wii U with proper touch controls and, and, and console controls because I was using a controller on my PC and the game just didn't have very good integration for that. The gamepad support was, was not great. So I said, ah, I'll wait for the Wii U version. That, that'll be coming soon. That'll be coming in a few months because the Xbox PS4 release was right around the corner. Well, of course, we get to the month of the PS4, Xbox One, Wii U release, and he comes out and says, I'm delaying this another month. Oh, and by the way, the Wii U's not happening. And uh, that fucking sucked. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'll buy it on PlayStation and get into it. No touch controls, that sucks, but, you know, at least I'll have proper gamepad integration. Well, at the end of his little memo, he says, oh, and by the way, Nintendo Switch, goodbye. And so I'm holding out hope that this game is right around the corner, Uh, but again, Porting this to a mobile platform, there's a reason we didn't have a 3DS version. There's a reason we didn't have a Vita version, and there's a reason we didn't get the Wii U version. Yeah, and if that's if that's strictly power, then this is definitely leaps and bounds ahead of even the Vita power-wise. Well, it's not about the power; it's about the architecture, and it's about how much work it's going to be to port port the game to. You know, people complained about the Wii U, saying, "Oh, it's so hard to port games to a, a freaking console using architecture we've been using for a decade." And also, that was Nintendo not working with Unreal and Unity. Nintendo has shown with their initial little picture that they, they threw out there. It was like, yeah, we have Unreal, we have Unity, we have, you know, Havoc. We have all these different, like, engines that people use. So I think it's going to be a lot easier to develop on this platform then. It's like, it's like porting a game to the iOS. It, it's not just a point and click like it's it's gonna take time and resources, and it's it's gonna be difficult because they're completely different architectures. Right. Yeah. And I, I realize that, but this is also gonna be easier than porting to iOS because you're also the same inputs are gonna be used. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like making special ways to interact with the game. Right. There are less hurdles, but people think that file save as dot switch <laughs> Dude, if only they were that simple i think it's <sighs> i think it's ludicrous for people to think that this is going to be easier to, to port i think it's going to be you know they're going to be more people trying to do it like you said they're working with these developers now and there's support for mainstream you know game engines but just because you develop a game in unity doesn't mean i mean you or or, or uh, unreal 4 you still have to go in there and, and, and completely write this game for a, a different system. And that's... I'm holding out. I'm holding out yeah, hope. I just... Let me let me have this. Let me have this one. <laughs> Please. I'm, I'm worried about it, man. I'm worried about it. I mean, I guess that's it as far as games go. I'm looking at this list and I'm, there's a lot of things that I'm actually pretty excited about. No, I think it's going to be a good, hopefully a good year. And as, as the thing gets on, this thing is bound to sell better than the Wii U. So we're going to get more games. Probably more ports before the... The year is over. Well, oh, probably. I'm hoping for a Star Fox Zero with real controls. Anybody? Maybe. I don't know if real controls would save that game. The game is is as good as any other Star Fox game. Yeah, no, I don't know if that's enough. Well, it depends on, on what they sell it for. If they did a $40 port with real controls, that's going to sell. It's it's a good version of Mario 64. Or Mario uh, Star Fox 64. <laughs> Star Fox Zero, the best Mario game. <laughs> No. <laughs> God. Uh, no, probably not, no. Oh, my God. Sorry. I think that is reaching. File save as dot Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited for the console. I'm cautiously optimistic. I still think Nintendo, like, what the hell are they doing with a lot of this crap? 
But hey, man, I'm getting Zelda. I'm getting Mario. I'm going to get some some sweet exclusive JRPGs. Zelda and Mario. When was the last time you got a new Zelda game, right? I'm, I'm ready. My body's ready. My, My body's, body's ready. ready. <laughs> hey, my dude. All right, guys. This is uh, this has been our not-so-articulate breakdown of the Nintendo Switch. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm articulate as hell. No. This is what, this is what I get. <laughs> nah. You know, Nick, you were like, go get yourself some wine, man. Loosen up. Let's, you know. Oh, you're loose it. right now. I, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what was I going to say? I had all these things I wanted to say, and I, I, I didn't say them. No, yeah, I got I I smoothened down your your sharp rage, yeah, and put you to a more you know more comfortable state. I feel like we had the best conversation was before we started recording. We, I, I blew my load venting about all these things I want to talk about, and then we get into it. I'm like, oh shit, what was I saying about that when, before we started recording? Yeah, that was my secret: make you vent your hot sticky wad, <laughs> oh, and then I had the upper hand. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking foul. Oh, all right, guys. Well, this has been uh, this has been fun. My blood pressure's through the roof right now. I need to go eat some eat an avocado or something. <laughs> eat some celery. Get some ants along, dude. God, dude. Oh, that's disgusting. Peanut butter does not belong in celery. Are you kidding me? Peanut butter is like the best thing to put on a vegetable. Carrots and peanut butter, bro. No, fuck you. Fuck dude, you, dude. Yes. Fuck you. Are you serious What's right now? With- yes. No, you're not, dude. I'm I'm dead serious. I- I don't have anything to say to you right now. What's wrong with you? You're just making noises. I'm appalled. You do not put peanut butter on your fucking carrots. Yes, you do. People don't put peanut butter on their fucking carrots. Yes, they... What is wrong with you? They put it on their celery. You put it on any vegetable. Peanut butter and broccoli. No. You know what peanut sauce is? It's like peanut butter. My very first Google return is, are baby carrots and peanut butter not really a snack? Or really not a snack? No, nobody does that. Are you going to Yahoo Answers for your for your critical <laughs> like research? Clickclock.com, motherfucker. Oh yeah, that that well-renowned website. All right, guys. Nintendo Switch. We're excited. My hands are in the air. March 3rd. March 3rd. That's not Mario Day. No one saw that coming. What the hell? Yeah, that was a week before I thought and you're like, "No, that's too early." Yeah, I thought it was way too early. And guess what, dude? It wasn't early enough. God damn. I don't know when I, I thought it was coming out. I thought it was going to be the end of the month just because... You said like 24th, I think. Like the, I don't think I gave a date, but uh, maybe the Friday or Friday or Saturday, the end of the month. But they said 2 million. I said, okay, that's fine. That's Like you said, that's a fine week. That's a bad that's a month. Mar- that's, that's a good March. It's really, really underwhelming March. I don't know. I don't know. I think what's going to happen, though, is that people aren't going to get these things. And it's going to look good for investors, but people are going to be really unhappy. Hopefully we get it. Your first hands-on preview with the console crusade. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing some, we'll be active on YouTube in the coming weeks. I will be anyway. Nick, maybe not so much. I'll be, uh, I'll be active on RedTube. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Not only will you be viewing, but you'll be posting regularly as you do. I'm a content creator. I'm a, a... I create a lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need to go down this this hole. All right. Content Crusade Podcast, everybody. This has been good. Good job.